Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, your eyes do not deceive you. It is Jack Farmer and Justin LaVar on a Wednesday night chatting about AEW Dynamite. And have we got a show for you? We've got Eliminator matches. We've got massive tag team matches. And we've got a whole slew of Forbidden Door matches that were set up today. But before we get into all of that, Justin, how you doing on a Wednesday? Yeah, I'm confused. This is this is unique but I'm, I'm i'm here for the ride i'll go for the ride with you jack on a wednesday night you know what that yeah. means it's a little double j action double ain't, jet. ain't we great ain't we great yeah how does he do the uh i feel yeah, like I, whenever strut. i try to do his strut i end up just doing a rick flair but it's his is um who who what's the name of the guy he models his after anyways i'm being a wrestling nerd but how many uh, how many times have you busted out the the strut or, or the rick flair strut on a, on a wedding reception dance floor oh i do it all the time yeah. come on now i countless i mean in my whole in my life i bring it out all the time i pretty <laughs> much anytime you do something good there's like three moves you go to there's the suck it there's the uh there's the rick flair strut and then i think I'll go with the Rick Rude uh, hip swivel, but I don't know. There's the a- hip swivel did not have that. I thought there was gonna be like a too sweet or like, uh, but the the hip swivel, Jack yeah. Farmer. All right. Yeah, you know the two sweets less of a I did great and more of a hey you wear pals thing. But the, the right. yeah this, the those two I think I think the suck it and the uh, Ric Flair uh, strut are the ones I go to the most. Uh, we got a good chat here. I tend to get into like the, the Brock gallop, the, the gallop oh, place. <laughs> yes. You know, if I'm, if I've done some stretching, maybe the Batista <laughs> like get down and shoot the guns, <laughs> but you got to stretch a little bit first <laughs> before you get real low for that one. No, uh, <laughs> no honest wrestling fan. Who's not straight edge has never not stood in front of a, a, a water fountain or something that's shooting some kind of water and done the Batista. Like they're like, they're guiding the pyro. That's just, that's just oh, a fact of life. Yeah. It's, it, it's just like, <laughs> Everybody's done Triple H's water spit, and depending on what age you are, everybody's tried to do Mr. Perfect's gum slap or towel behind the back. Yeah, Mr. Perfect always was the the gun gum slap was always incredible to me. He never missed it. I don't know how he ever like no matter what was going on. There was a Royal Rumble where he like guys were like started attacking him after he spit it out, and he like just shoved him aside and hit the gum. He's Mr. Perfect. There's a great one uh, that lives forever on the internet. Of him, I think Tawson, uh, he walks by and just flips his towel and it like lands on his opponent's shoulder. <laughs> like, it was yeah, just like, he, he was so good, Mr. Perfect. What a just an awesome, like, I always, always loved him. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, everyone in the chat, we got a bunch of great folks here. We got Corey Pride, Richard, Leo Bowden, we got Raymond, uh, Vasquez, Bonilla, Bonilla, 
uh, I mean, I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, Jeroy J showing up the tornado, uh, of course, as well. Air and Mick and uh, BPE. A lot of folks I don't see on Mondays, but uh, appreciate you guys. Still the same. Sherrod, uh, Richard and Ev Tommy O and everyone else. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. I'm excited to chat about AEW. This is, I don't get to chat about it all the time. So this is a fun one for me. But we're going to talk about some news first. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs reportedly joining AEW as a producer and was backstage at Dynamite uh, on Wednesday. That's today. Uh, Fightful Select reported that former WWE producer Jimmy Jacobs was backstage in Washington, D.C. for AEW Dynamite. and was heavily implied to be working for the company in a creative capacity though they couldn't confirm later the same day today. The Wrestling Observer did confirm that Jacobs has joined AEW as a producer. Uh, Justin, doesn't hurt to have a guy who's been in the wrestling industry for a very long time helping out. No, yeah, Jimmy's been around for a long time. As I was saying to you briefly, I, I've only ever interacted with him once. That was like maybe 11, 12 years ago. Uh, it was either Pro Wrestling Ohio or Prime Wrestling. I can't remember which iteration we were under, but I was... And the, as commissioner, I'll stand in the ring with him, uh, him, him making himself uh, as a reveal as a who, who, who had been under a mask uh, and Johnny Gargano. Uh, and, and, and I remember just getting to talk to Jimmy a little bit that day. And, and you could just tell something unique. He, he definitely goes to the beat of his own drum. Nothing wrong with it, but he's just a unique cat. Um, but yeah, then he has since kind of transitioned from his, from an in-ring worker to producer and writer. He, he was in WWE for several years as a writer. In fact, I believe he is who Chris Jericho credits to coming up with the list gimmick oh. that jericho had so you know he, he's been around he, he's seen a lot he, you know, he's just recently with impact and i guess he's done there so i i think this is um there's no bad spin to this you know the number one critique i think that the majority of us have with aew is so much going on so much talent now they're you know expanding with the new show that you know it, you need to have you know tony Khan can still be the final say but you still need more you still need more people there to delegate you know, to help fill in the, the specifics of how things are going to go, time things out, schedule things out. And um, and I, I think Jimmy Jacobs, the fact that he's available uh, now and now part of AEW, I think that's a great get for, for them to see if he fits with their with with their with what they're doing. Yeah. And to your point, someone who, you know, marches to the beat, the beat of their own drum, that's exactly who you want in a creative position. Someone who's going to think outside of the box and do different types of things and do interesting kind of things. So I think it's really cool that he's there. I think, like I said, it's good idea to have him. And I like, I agree with you, Tony Khan, uh, obviously a smart guy, but having some people to help figure out things for everybody is just going to make it a more dynamic show. So I think it's, it's good all around. Yeah, I mean, look, it's we've seen it before in wrestling. You know, the, the 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 all the ECW originals will tell you that ECW was filled with passion, filled with energy. But Paul Heyman didn't delegate stuff. He 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 put it all on him. And I'm not saying that's like the number one reason why ECW didn't is not still around. But like that was a sh a shortcoming and an issue. And look down the stretch, Vince. People talk about Vince. You know, as genius as he is for expanding WWE and sports entertainment to what it is today, um, still had to have his hand in too many things so you know so i, I think it's history shows like you, you you can have final say but you gotta surround yourself with smart people and sometimes you just gotta you know surround yourself with some good lieutenants and just trust in them and 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 i think that look it looks like with his uh acquisition uh, or higher i should say and the acquisition of a few others that aw might be moving in that direction which again is all a positive for them to try 
And in um, speaking of moving in positive directions, uh, Tony Khan says that the Warner Brother Discovery deal shows that it's fully committed to AEW, uh, but also remain coy on the details. In an interview with John Pollock and Brandon Thurston of Post Wrestling and WrestleNomics, AEW owner Tony Khan was asked about the said report and doesn't appear to be worried about the situation. Quote, I don't want to talk too much about the contract we have with Warner Brothers Discovery, but I definitely have some pretty favorable things in there. And given the commitment that Warner Brothers Discovery is making for AEW with Collision and Dynamite, I think it really shows they're fully committed to AEW. We just also had AEW All Access also launch on Max in addition to being on TBS every Wednesday night and on TNT every Friday and now every Saturday night. Khan uh, was also asked about Warner Brother Discovery CEO and how much backing he was giving to AEW. And he said, quote, I really believe David Zaslov is very, very strong supporter of AEW. When he came in and said, quote, I want two more hours of AEW on Saturday nights. That was one of the biggest votes of confidence that you could give us. And it was certainly very favorable for us to hear that he wanted that. And then to be able to deliver in very quick turnaround and put together what I think is going to be a great, great show with AEW Collision every Saturday night. So a lot of stuff there. But Justin, I think I got to agree with Tony Khan when a company like Warner Bros. Discovery is saying, give us more. It's hard to not say that's a vote of confidence. Yes, I agree. What kind of stands out to me in the story, though, is being coy about the details, because if the deal is done, if there's no other, there's no other game to be played. It's not. It's not like what we talked about Monday, right? Where WWE, you know, it, you know, wants to kind of hear all offers for their expiring de- deals next year. If the deal's done, and you know, obviously it is, collisions happening Saturday, and you're with Warner Brothers Discovery, why would you not tout how much money, the value of the deal, or Things like, you know, for Tony, who has an announcement every week of whether it's what he ate for breakfast or who he signed, it's <laughs> a little bit puzzling to me that he is being so coy. So, so, so it makes me just naturally wonder, is it as, is it as sweet as you would be led to believe? Is it as much of a vote of confidence or like, like, it's like, is, is there is such a thing as buying television time? Is, is, is Tony, did Tony like how, mm-hmm. how who's putting what in like how how glorious of a deal is it actually financially that, that that's just you know and, and maybe it is great maybe it is but it just it's the the secretiveness of it that's just you know i mean look when WWE got um you know a billion dollars for five years from fox you yell that from the mountaintop yeah why would you not uh now granted aew is not a public company like WWE, but still why would you not as, as a young company if you you know if you were able to get any kind of big tv deal why, so that's it is just a little strange to me i can't i can't can't lie i agree with you there is something if it's such a big win why wouldn't you brag about the big win um i mean they typically brag about a lot of their other wins it is an interesting thing that they're leaving that out um and it will be interesting to see when that comes out. i'm sure eventually we'll find out what what the deal is too so i don't yeah. You know, that kind of stuff comes out eventually one way or the other. So we'll have to see how it worked out. But for now, I guess we'll just take the po- I'll take the positive route and say they're getting more TV time. Of course, from a fan perspective, it'll be how they balance an extra two hours on a Saturday night. Uh, and even as we have a um, 
you know, not super chat, but Aaron Mix saying, will there be a podcast after collision on Saturday? That is a uh, TBD as far as I'm, con- I'm aware of, I don't know of any deals. Uh, it, won't, it, won't, it won't be with me this Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know what the Saturday is going to be tricky for a podcast. So we'll see how that pans. That'll be tricky for a wrestling show. Uh, but uh, well, we actually uh, Corey Pride is is adding in. Uh, Justin, do you think they got lowballed? Uh, that's what I mean. I don't know. It, it 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 could be a number of things, Corey. It could be that. It could be like they're getting the, the time slot of two hours on Saturday, but it's not for any great number that's worth bragging about. It could be something like I said earlier, like maybe Tony is actually paying a good portion of it or all of it for the TV time, you know. And so that just makes it look like. You know, you're just buying your way to more TV time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's vote of confidence when you're writing the check and saying, "Here, give me, give me two more hours." So I don't know. I just, it just, it just. Again, why would you not? I'm not saying you need to go and go through every dotted i and cross t and give us every minutia of the contract, but just a, just a general. Yeah, we are signed on. We are guaranteed for three years of collision for a deal that's worth. The, and you just use a vague language. It's worth this much. You don't. You don't even have to go into like incentives or or whatever sweet things Tony Khan supposedly got in. You just, but just a general. I just. I just. I'm shocked that he he's so happy to tout when somebody's elite and all the things. I just the being coy is is kind of especially when they're getting the show added when ratings have been in a decline for them. So mm-hmm. again, it's kind of, to me again that would be a way to kind of shut a critic up about saying look. They obviously believe in our long-term growth. They're giving us this for this many years, but that's not being said. So it just makes me naturally wonder. Yeah, and you make a good point because he could just say what I what I imagine I would say is because there are probably incentives and things like that. Just say it's up, worth up to, and then just yeah. give the biggest possible number, right. and then that way, if people do find out, you can say, yeah, if we hit all our incentives and we somehow get sixty million people to tune in, we'll make you this much money or whatever. But right. Um, that is an interesting point, Justin, that they haven't uh, mentioned that. J.R. Smith asking, any word on who the commentary team will be? I'm guessing it's going to be the same commentary team they had, but Justin, I say you and I should do it. We would be a dynamic commentary team for Collision. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be dull, that's for sure. Um, no, you know, I would not I would mix the commentary team up. Look, with Collision here, you have a brand new show. Um, you, you have a very, very brief window for first impressions. You know, Rampage quickly just descended into what rampage is perceived to be if you want if you want extra aw wrestling there's a show at 10 o'clock on fridays you can watch but nothing really you know i mean things do happen in storylines that's actually a problem things happen and then they expect that everybody's watched it and then they they go on dynamite Mm -hmm. and whatever you have a chance here with collision you're bringing cm punk back so right now perception is collision can be your smackdown to your dynamite raw it can be an equal you know a kind of show um but i think you also need to go into it and not just carbon copy what you do on Dynamite. I think it's a chance to try to try a few little things. And I think part of that's just mixing commentary up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Excalibur's a very good lead guy in terms of the way he hosts a show. But maybe a different voice for Collision would be. I, I don't know if it's JR. I don't know. Maybe it's a new commentator that they've signed that we don't know. I don't know. But I, I commentary, I don't know. But I just think in general, Collision, you know, I don't think you just carbon copy the format. I don't think you just copy and paste and move it over to Saturday's document. I think you go in there trying some new things from a production standpoint from every standpoint um i, I think yeah. you'd be, i think you'd be foolish not to try a few little things i actually i completely agree because even you look at smackdown and raw and even though it's it's wwe there's similarities 
right off the bat, one is red, one is blue, as different as can be. They have different, it feels like a different show. I mean, it's definitely within the same universe. I hate, you know, not to please a play on words, but definitely the same universe. But you can, you know, when you're watching SmackDown and you know when you're watching Raw as opposed to this feels like the same show that they just recorded the same day right. and put it on a different time tape. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. But let's get into the show we're reviewing today, Rampage. Again, before we get into it, of course, as always, like, comment, share, subscribe while you're here. Five-star review. It's a huge deal uh, for us to get those five-star reviews and the little comments. So take a minute out of your day. Leave that five-star review or leave a comment in there and let us know what you thought of the show, whether it be this show or the actual show we're reviewing, uh, Dynamite, in the comments as well. And uh, even if you're lurking here, if you're if you're not in the chat, that's cool. Feel free to pop in and just say hello, though. Otherwise, uh, leave a comment. But also, uh, we got uh, Tony and Armando and Ian and, again, Jeroy and Richard and Clay and Tornado and Lego Brick and everyone else. Appreciate you. Let's talk about the show. We start hot with Adam Cole Bebe versus MJF. It's an eliminator match, and we get the greatest hits from both guys. MJF works the arm and the crowd. Cole hits some great reversals, athletic offense, lots of shenanigans. But we get a time limit draw at the end, and MJF isn't interested in adding time. So I guess Adam Cole just isn't getting a shot at the title. Uh Justin, this was, I thought, about as good of a way to do this match as you could on a one-week build uh, on a weekly show as opposed to a pay-per-view. But what were your thoughts? Yes, I was highly skeptical going into this. I'm a big fan of MJF and I'm a big fan of Adam Cole. I've been saying for weeks on this podcast, I've been saying for weeks, maybe months, uh, on my weekly uh, segment on Busted Open Radio on SiriusXM, that I thought Adam Cole was the most realistic, viable guy to be in a program with MJF and be a po possible threat to actually dethrone MJF. I was saying this even before the four pillars match because nobody believed any of the other three were beating MJF. So I was happy that when Adam Cole confronted MJF last week, but as you said, one week build, and we're going to have them do a very WWE thing that WWE used to do that, 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 that always drove, all I think, a lot of us crazy, which is you have to beat the champion in a non-title match in order to then get the title match. They just call it an eliminator match. And so I was really skeptical. Why, after one week, are we doing this? Why are we giving the magic of Adam Cole versus MJF away for free? Uh, why are we going to have them touch? And then it's not going to, title's not going to be on the line. And then surely Adam Cole has to win this right. So now you just had MJF lose on TV. But I, I really was going into this just, you know, highly skeptical. Um, they made it work. This mm -hmm. made it make sense. The match itself was a tremendous match. I mean, you know, 30 minutes, obviously. Um, they sold, they sold the S word. They sold. Yes. But it also, exactly. but it, but it wasn't just a snail's pace of, you know, two big men in the eighties. I mean, there was athleticism, there was drama, but they also just slowed it down and, and brought it back. It, it was done so well. And I, and, and the spot, the elbow uh, off the top of the table and then MJF slides back in. And I mean, at nine and three quarters, Adam Cole slides back in dramatically. Well done. I'm watching. Cole mouth to Doc Sampson at the ringside. I'm watching MJF talk to the ref, and he's and they're trying to communicate. I, I don't know if it was all a great piece of drama and acting. I don't know if Cole legit had a stinger for a moment or there was uncertainty, but whatever it was, it all came off as is intense drama. 
Adam Cole super kicks MJF and MJF is bleeding legitimately uh, within seconds. I mean, there was just so much to this match, intentional or, or otherwise. I don't know which is intentional, which wasn't, which makes it all the all the all the better. Um, and then yeah, right at the perfect time they ring the bell when it looks like Adam Cole for sure uh, is going to get the win. Um, and so it made it make sense. I mean, it is still a, a, an Adam Cole versus MJF thirty minute match you did give for free, but I, it. It works, and now I mean, I, I, I good luck trying to top that, gentlemen. Assuming they're they're going to meet again eventually somehow, but I thought it was one of the most compelling matches I've ever seen in AEW. Um, so I mean, hats off to him. Yeah, it was to your point. I when he was when the ref was speaking to Adam Cole, I one hundred percent was thinking, "Uh oh, is he really is something wrong?" Especially with. Adam Cole's history. And again, I don't know if that was sort of part of the plan or if that was something that just sort of, it felt that way, but I was like, Oh no, what, what's going on here. But that got me buying in even more. And uh, I know a lot of people will probably complain about the shenanigans in the end. But for me, I felt like it was kind of fun because of these two, because of course, MJF's always going to cheat, but Adam Cole's that guy. It's like, I've been on that side of the tracks myself. I know what right. you're doing. Uh, which made it a little bit more fun than if it was just a MJF trying to cheat Jungle Boy, for instance. Uh, yeah, it gave it a different dynamic, I thought, which made it a lot made those moments fun as opposed to here we go. No, I think that's a great call by you. That's a good observation. You're right. Adam Cole has been on that side of the tracks, that side of the fence um, versus straight baby faces that have otherwise been victims of MJF shenanigans. The one the one nitpick I'll say about the that and it didn't even fully play out, but commentary kind of contradicts it or whatever is so in all the different shenanigans around the ref being bumped and this and that, they tried to do the thing where, you know, MJF tries to pull the Eddie Guerrero, right? Where he tosses mm -hmm. the belt to Cole takes the bump, but then the ref still isn't getting up. He's still blinded or whatever. But then fast forward a minute or two later, um, MJF gets the low blow on Cole and then they and then and then as the refs checking on Cole and MJF putting the ring on commentary saying, "Oh, the referee knows what happened. He knows that he, that Cole's just low, but he didn't see it. And if you don't see it, you can't call it." And I'm like, "Well, that just contradicts what they were trying to sell a minute ago when it's you don't ever see the Eddie Guerrero. The Eddie Guerrero spots all about not seeing. You just hear and and see evidence right. after the fact. It's a little thing. Jimmy's not here, so I got to step in on the referee <laughs> uh, uh, grading here. But uh, yeah, overall, it, it was a really good match and. Um, did you catch what was on the elbow pad? Yeah. MJF's elbow pad, uh, it, it, it read, Vince was right. <laughs> yes. Was, just those little touches are so great, though, about MJF. That, that's one of the things that makes him so great is those little things that you see and you're just like, geez, he takes every inch of real estate with MJF is going to be for a reason. And um I mean, the fact that he went off the top rope, I just got to say, was awesome because MJF doesn't do stuff like that regularly, which I think showed a lot. But um, also him not adding time at the end. Great. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Job. He's the only he's like one of the only wrestlers ever who acts like a real person, I think, in some ways. I mean, he's a jerk person, but yeah. Why? <laughs> what? Why would why would you ever what? add time? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Can we can we also talk about it was it was towards the in the beginning of the match? But can we also talk about him going into the crowd and committing assault? Yeah, <laughs> yes. After everything that happened with the last time he went into the crowd, he did it again, 
And he hit. I, I was thinking, one of these days, he's going to hit the wrong guy. He's going to hit the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm wearing my commander. I mean, that, that's the building I, 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 you know, I, that's the building I grew up going to. Well, eventually became that building. Going to wrestling, and uh, I mean, you know, you, you don't. I mean, I don't know. You never know who you're going to cross. I'm not. You know, you never know who's going to be in that building. So uh, I guess he picked a kid in the, in the neon Hardy shirt and thought, oh, this this <laughs> this dork ain't going to fight back, <laughs> and smacks the helmet or smacks the hat and glasses off the guy. Yeah, I was wondering if if the kid hit him back. I mean, the kid can't. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, you don't kid, swing. You don't swing back. It's uh, you just just if you're a good enough sport, you just enjoy your moment in the sun being part of the show. You can't <laughs> you can't swing and fight back. I guess MJF I think is smart enough too to not do that to someone who's going to be able to cause a problem. Well, uh, right, right, exactly. That's why I said he he eyeballs and picks the. I, you know, no offense to the guy, picks the guy he yeah. figures is pretty unassuming. <laughs> Right. I mean, he's not going to do that to someone if they're built like Keith Lee or something in the crowd. Right. Yeah. I mean, if 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 if, if it's somebody's got a dom uh, dom tattoo under their eye and they got and they're, <laughs> and they're throwing up, they're throwing up gang signs, you probably just should go down in the next row, please. <laughs> uh, Majestic Marie. By the way, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but uh, I'm going to throw it up here now. Majestic Marie. Uh, you knew I'd have to say something about Eddie coming back. It's always nice to see your favorite wrestler show up after being away. Love y'all. Uh, we'll definitely talk about uh, Eddie I'm, K in a little I'm, bit. I'm happy for her because I know she's a big fan. But it's a she's probably the only one that remembers he came back because there was so much stuff that happened in that three minutes. But we'll get to it. We'll, we definitely will get to it. Um, last thing about this. Was it always an eliminator match? I could have swore last week it was for the title. Did they change that, or was I was I mistaken? No, it was always Eliminator because I actually um, I was actually live here asking on the podcast uh, for clarification that Eliminator was their terminology of number one contender match. Um, so yeah, it, it was. I, I don't remember if when the match was made, but like like I don't remember if the first mention of it on the on the show last week if they said it as Eliminator. But by the time they got the graphic together and started promoting what was on this episode, they said Eliminator. Um, I want to tell well, I guess we have a, we have a, a promo backstage or not a promo backstage, a promo in the ring. Uh, Renee in the middle of the ring brings out Sammy Guevara. He says he has highs and lows, uh, and he has to make some changes. That's when Darby comes out and says, Sammy needs to stop living in Jericho's shadow. Jericho comes out and says that he could have helped Sammy be champ. They go back and forth. And then eventually it's sting. Uh, Justin, I, I'm a little bit torn on this because I am a really big Daniel Garcia fan. I think he's, he's, I mean, he's still young, but I think one day he's going to become a, a really big deal. And I feel like Sammy Guevara is kind of hijacking his, his gimmick here or his bit. Uh, but also I can't believe sting and Jericho have never been in a ring together. Yeah. You know, when, when they were saying that on commentary, you know, it was wild. First of all, it was cool. Again, Sting's coming out. And this is the building, you know, I, 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 you know, both 97 and 98 Starcade was at this building. I was there for that, you know, sting part of Starcade. So it's cool to see him out there. Crowd's popping. And then, yeah, you get him in the ring with Jericho and commentary saying, and they go to Shivani, who, of course, he's the one to go to because he was the one who, you know, the, you go in your mind. The only time Sting and Jericho would have crossed paths would have been uh, mid to late 90s WCW. And for Shivani to say this is the first time, if, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I believe him. So I was like, well, I can never think of a, you know, when Jericho was in his. Jericho was in W WCW um 
96 through 98 and the bulk of that time sting was hanging out in the ceiling with with a crow and and he was dealing with Mm -hmm. the nwo so yeah he wouldn't have you know maybe he would have dropped down in the middle of a jericho match and just gave the scorpion death drop as sting did to a lot of guys during a long period of time when it was questioning what's whose side is he on what's his motives but the fact that they really ever never had anything happen that that is stunning the fact that here's here's the two oldest guys (laughs) right um in their well jericho's in his 50s i think by now stings in the 60s and the fact that they never had a match are you kidding me so that is yeah. a lot i mean that all right tony khan go ahead if, if, if you've collected some toys here good on you to, to to be able to produce this first time ever match between two guys whose combined <laughs> age is <laughs> over 110 so right yeah and this is one of those things where i'm sure people could come on and be like yeah but it's happening too late in their careers whatever i don't care i'm into it i'm excited i want to i I loved seeing the opportunity for legends to get in the ring together. So I think that's awesome that something could happen here. Uh, also, by the way, Jericho's shoes look like he could click them together, say there's no place like home and show up in Kansas. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed those things. I noticed them. You were, uh, he, he gets a pass. Out. He gets a pass. He's the <laughs> rock star. Yeah, he does get a pass. This is right. I mean, those things could not have been comfortable. I, I saw him walk out with those. Like, oh, he's not—he's not gonna get into a fight. <laughs> he's not—he's not gonna do any running around. Uh, yeah. But this would be cool. I'm a little, again, a little bummed out that Daniel Garcia, I think, is is losing his spot as the uh, person who might leave the Jericho Appreciation Society. But I think he'll be fine. In the long when run. was the last time we saw the JS at, at full tilt together? I don't you know. know. Like last, like last week, we saw what was it, Anna J. And she had Daddy Magic with her, you right? Know, tonight we see Hager briefly, and then and then Daddy Magic and, and other dude come out. Um, we hadn't. I, I don't know. I just I feel like whether it's schedules or whatever, I feel like we haven't seen like the JAS all together, anyways. And so I think it's it's hard sometimes to even keep score of like, is this still a thing, or yeah. did, or did something happen on on Rampage? It explains my question, but I don't watch Rampage. Yeah, it's very. Uh... That that's one of my big gripes with AEW is their groups feel like they just kind of come together and disappear for no reason as opposed to being a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they need to be in the room together every single time. But to your point, like we'll talk about it later. Like when Hager was out there, it's like, oh yeah, this is a JAS guy. You know, again, it's it's it's, and I know the AEW the 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 people that love and I and, and again I know it's all it's all flavors of ice cream. It's all buffet. It's 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 to hit everybody's taste buds, but it it, it go it, it's just another example of, of it's another example of again, and maybe this will help with again Tony having more people if he listens to him voices to help with the creative, but it's another example of you're not you're you're not booking to you're not booking to the thought of okay what if here's somebody who only watches every every now and again or whatever like I'm I'm not, I'm not saying you have to do what wwe does which is annoying in his own right which is sometimes they show a recap video of the same story three times in a night i'm not saying you got to go to that extreme but you know you 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 can't expect that everybody is living and breathing every single second of everything you're putting out especially in today's age where content is consumable at at, at anybody's own pace so like you you have to still try to like again i'm I'm jumping ahead we saw some people come out uh throughout the show that I, I I watched people in the crowd. I watched, and I could literally see them look over and go, "Who was that?" Like they're like they're asking, like because they don't know, because you know, and right. And so whatever, it's 
especially with the amount of wrestling that's on TV nowadays. Because even if you're watching TV every wrestling every day, you have to watch multiple shows every day to right. get all the wrestling, which is a lot. And I've always said, I think as long as the the cadence is even, so like if I don't need to see the same wrestler every week, but if I'm seeing the same wrestler every three weeks, and that's a pretty common chunk of time and i can get used to that kind of cadence I, I can accept that but if it's someone who like like a keith lee who's been off tv for a very long time and then just suddenly back that yeah. becomes very weird and hard to it's hard to get into him knowing he, yeah he well again we'll talk about him in a second but i mean i don't know when he's coming back maybe that's the last time i see him for three months maybe right. he's going to be back on next week i don't know well uh, and then and, and then again if we're going to keith lee but then when people like him form friendships and alliances with like a dustin rose who no, this is not a show. I mean, Dustin Rhodes is, is a tremendous person, tremendous talent. Um, but it, it, that is very random. They don't look like two people that would make it. So it's like, all right, well, now you just confuse me. Why the hell is Dustin Rhodes out there derobing de Keith? I, I don't know. It's just right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to, to our point, I, I've said it before, but I think that's where WWE is great. And all their teams look like they live together. They are or like hang out together or they. Correct. I believe that they hang out together as opposed to some of the teams in in aw they look like they were just added on for the the sake of there's times that the uh i'll see if you get this reference jack and hopefully other people that are watching uh -oh. listening live or in the archive there are times with aew to that very point there are times with aew and i judge anybody i, I watch all whenever i watch any company but but obviously WWE and aew primarily there are times when aew has factions of guys together or girls and like you said they're not wearing matching gear colors the, their character they don't look like the, their characters would hang out in the same locker room or in the same weird world cutting promos whatever and i <laughs> so used to always bug me the movie ready to rumble yes that came out and you watch ready to rumble and you're so excited in in the late 90s to watch ready to rumble because here's pro wrestling in a major hollywood movie with with you know david arquette hollywood and like they have like Bam Bam Bigelow and Perry Saturn and some people that are all that have never once shared screen time ever and would and, and for no reason right. would. You know, right. Like, they had like these random people who were like Jimmy King's man and random people who were on the heel side for DDP. And it was just I was like, well, this is a co-produced WCW movie. Why would they not say no? <laughs> like, I don't know if it was a SAG after thing of who had their SAG card or what. <laughs> but I always think whenever I watch wrestling and I whenever I see any bit of an alliance that looks like this is somebody throwing darts against the wall. Like it's the ready to rumble syndrome. That I do get that reference. And that is Good. a great rep. I also, cause I remember being absolutely heartbroken thinking, Oh, I'm going to get to see wrestling in a big TV movie. This or a big movie. This is going to be incredible. And then I saw it. But, but yeah, I will say like house of black looks like they go together. I get it. They, they, they look like they all hang out together sure. in, in the catacombs or whatever they, wherever they live. Right. Uh, but yeah, some of the groups I'm saying, they, I don't buy it, but uh, I, we will talk about that six man tag in a second, but I want to talk real quick about the Sonata open challenge uh, for the IWGP title. And I was kind of bummed out because I had Twitter give me people that they thought it was going to be who answered the challenge. And I was going to get your opinion on them, but now we know who it is. So instead Obviously, Jungle Boy has accepted the challenge. I'm going to go through the list and just real quick, you let me know if you would rather see them face Sonata or if you would rather see Jungle Boy face Sonata. So just real quick, kind of running through this list of people. So the first person that was predicted, Jeff Jarrett. No. No. 
You'd so you'd rather see Jungle Boy over Jeff Jarrett? Yes. In this case, okay. Yes. Sammy Guevara. No. Takeshita. No, because no. Jay White. Uh, again, no, it would have been distraction because Jay White's got this big collision debut main event this Saturday with with people that with nothing to do with yeah. Orange Cassidy. Maybe the J Jungle Boy works. Actually, the explanation that he gave works, right? Yeah. He and he wants to have a title. He's there with Hook and 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 look, he just came off of being in the main event challenge for AEW's world title. Came up short, but so I, I think it actually works. And, and I really wasn't doing a long list of guessing or thinking when 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 the open challenge was made, but now that you just put it and give me these, and I'm just thinking about it now. And I think Jungle Boy. I really, I can't think of anybody better that would have been the better answer. Really, I, I think Jungle Boy will actually. I think they'll actually put on a really great match too. I think yeah. this will probably let Jungle Boy showcase himself better than that four way. And the four way was good. I just think that this will probably give him a chance to kind of show out. The other options, real quick, were Miro, Samoa Joe, and Goldberg. Well, again, Samoa Joe <laughs> kind of random. Uh, go. <laughs> I, I, I this is Twitter, Justin. It's not go, my call. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg, you're working 20. <laughs> Good God. Man. We got to go for a six-star match, Goldberg. You can do it, right, buddy? Uh, God, he, he, he would he would have... Uh, Goldberg, you're going to go 20 minutes. <laughs> 17 of it would have been a walk backstage and the entrance down the ramp. He would have he started walking from the hotel. They would have just filmed that. That would have been, been him putting in his 20. Um, I... Yeah, Miro, Miro, you know what? The Miro would have been, I guess, cool if that's like his. They did a later announce he returns that he returns to action this Saturday. I mean, I guess that's one thing, but but I, whoever's going to answer that challenge, I figure is probably going to lose. So that's not the way you want Miro to be reintroduced, I don't think. Well, that's one of the reasons I like Jungle Boy here is I think Jungle Boy can take the loss and it's yeah. not going to really hurt anybody. But I also think it'll give him a chance to showcase himself. I will say, when this started, when they first made the announcement, I thought it was going to be either page or moxley because it seems like they usually take those spots but mm. uh, but i like jungle boy there like i said i think they're gonna have a pretty good match there um as well so uh, we we talked about it a little bit but just kind of going back to the six man tag or uh eight man tag sting darby allen keith lee and orange cassidy versus swerve the gates of agony and brian cage uh garcia watches on as we get a high octane smash mouth matchup that was fun to watch but justin the winning team is the team with all the guys that are building towards something. So makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I'm going to, uh, I don't know. I'm going to predict this might be the lowest segments of the show. Uh, it's just. Uh, Orange Cassidy is a fan favorite. It's cool to see Sting. He, he's over with the crowd. Darby's over the crowd. Keith Lee, I'm not sure what's what's there. Um, uh, but like the whole embassy thing and the mo what i don't know I, I just did that you know i know swerve was with the other two guys that he had debuted they're both supposedly injured now so okay you move them right here with brian cage who's doing his best warrior cosplay you got the other guy I, I don't know i just it this would have been fine if it was much shorter and just a squash and the faces got to go i i don't know it, it, was, it was it was it felt like filler to me that's why i think it's probably gonna be the lowest segments of the show yeah, it felt like filler, which is unfortunate because I'm actually a fan of the makeup of the Mogul Embassy. As far as like, I mean, you've got three big, massive dudes. I think Swerve is someone who I, I'm very big on Swerve. I think Swerve is someone who could really stand out for AEW for them. 
Um, but also I don't really know as a team what they're doing right now. Right. So no, and, I, and I'm a, and I'm a huge fan of Swerve too. I don't, I think I'm, I'm such a fan of Swerve. He just needs in your busy day to day life. The last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy video lock. The Eufy video lock is a three in one smart lock, 2k camera and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. To be by himself. He doesn't need to be in this, like, I don't know, just Prince Nana. Like, he doesn't, like... I, I, I just don't buy into it. It just doesn't. It just it looks. Brian Cage is ripped, but Brian Cage has also been like since the inception of AEW, he's just been kind of like, let's just float him around in whatever group we can that doesn't like you know Team Taz and then this and it just doesn't feel like he. It, I don't know. And then the, the, it just doesn't feel like it matters. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, like I said. I like the pieces. I just don't really know. This is one of those times where I wish. AEW would say this is what our goal is or this is what we want to happen as opposed to just we're a group of guys all working together and we're here you know if, if they said our goal was to become the the six-man tag team champions or the trios champions I mean or if uh they said our goal is to do whatever it takes to make swerve a champion because he's the boss or whatever it is then I at least I get it but right now it's just we're a group of guys who hang out together and clearly go to the gym a lot. Right. Am I, am I, who am I confusing? Is, is under Prince Nana, is this the same faction that big bill has allegiance to, or, or who's he with? No, he's the firm. He's with the firm. firm. Oh, Stokely. Okay. Yeah. yeah see, is... that's what I mean. It literally, they, they start to the individual pieces, big bill. He should be, doing much more than what he's doing now swerve i yeah. think should be a face but okay let's put him in heel. he's got charisma any which way big pieces you're throwing them with a bunch of guys around him just because you have all these guys signed it's almost like you feel guilty and obligated that you got to give them screen time it's yeah it's yeah I, I i agree with big bill too i think big bill is someone they could really get a lot out of um but as we move on we got a super chat from mo uh, says any news on Jablomi comes uh, back to uh, AEW. Threw it up there because it was a super chat, but uh, I see right through you. Um, Money well spent. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> do we got. The, I gave you the first half of the name. Okay, I get you got that for the. See, for this is why you need chat. to be watching the podcast because you can read these <laughs> for yourself. You right. can you can read them on the screen for yourself. Right. Um, Ian, I didn't fall for it. I got paid for it. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, so um, the guns are backstage and they say they're not interested in talking about the Bullet Club. Instead, they want to talk about being the best brother tag team in wrestling and they're going to do it by taking out the Hardy Boys. 
I like the idea that they're saying they want to be the best brother team, but I'm a little disappointed that they're basically saying, oh, yeah, that thing last week didn't matter. That didn't count. Well, maybe. I agree with you if, that's, if that, in fact, is what's happening. I kind of am holding the gun club uh, over here on the side until Saturday comes because, you know, with Bullet Club Gold in this main event with FTR and Punk, I kind of figured they would make themselves, the guns would make themselves um, present there, and that would kind of maybe tie this together. At least that last week when they, that's how I took last week was we're setting up a tease for 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 collision uh but i would i will agree with you if saturday comes and goes and there's just no mention of that at all again talk about like where was our creative organization here um you know yeah so i guess verdict jury's still out on this one let me let me let me see saturday first i i let me know your thoughts on the guns because they were a team that i'll be honest when they first started i was like these guys like why they have so many great tag teams why are we getting giving them so much time but over the past few months they've really grown on me as a just obnoxious annoying bad guy team yeah no i i they've you know they, they've come a long way the uh you know those two guys have come a long way from breaking into the business you know under their you know trying to get out of the dad shadow and um and creating something for themselves and uh i think i think they're making strides they're also they also put um they put a lot of time and work in and did all the right things during the pandemic era mm-hmm. whether it was just being there present to be part of the makeshift crowd um whatever it was is asked them as best i understand they 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 did they didn't yeah and look keep in mind they are the kids of billy gunn Billy Gunn, who is, is is in the Hall of Fame, uh, is part of DX, is, is one of the most, you know, it, it could have been easy for them to make that mistake of just coming in and, and, and thinking that they're entitled to a certain bit because dad's here and they're and they're but but they but they but as again, best I could tell, they didn't. They don't. They, so, uh, yeah, they, they've 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 grown on me and I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. But again, to to your point, if if they don't show up at all Saturday and have any interaction with Bullet Club Gold in that big main event match, then I will agree. I, what the hell were we doing a week ago? How, how did we pivot that quickly? But we'll see. I do think they would fit in with those guys. To our comments earlier, I think if they walked out wearing Bullet Club shirts and they're called the Guns, I'd be like, yeah, that totally fits that look. Yeah, it's it's kind of like. Um, I mean, I'm not saying Bullet Club Gold is at this level. I'm just comparing the X's and O's dynamic. It's kind of like the new age outlaws is part of dx it's a, there's a yeah. tag team within dx that they're a little rogue on their own they're a little whatever but they're 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 that branch of the of the group so the guns could be that branch of bullet club gold i guess um i did see a funny someone tweeted like months ago and it's always every time i see them it, it i think of it and it makes me giggle is uh how do both the guns look just like their dad but not like each other at all <laughs> <laughs> Because both of you, yeah, they do kind of look like Billy Gunn, but when you look at them, they don't look like brothers, but they yeah. look, they both look like Billy Gunn. I don't know how it works, but it is what it is. Uh, we got Wardlow taken on Jake Hager. Two big guys go back and forth. Eventually, 2.0 comes out, and then Arn and Brock Anderson chase them off, and we get a powerbomb symphony, and Wardlow retains. Uh, Post match, Christian makes a challenge for a collision, and we get a bloody Arn Anderson. Um, uh, all due respect to Arn Anderson, I feel like this whole thing would work better if it was just Wardlow. 
Yes. And this is coming from the guy who hitched his wagon and managing Wardlow in his first four years of his career. And I'm saying, <laughs> yes, just let Wardlow be my himself. Uh, yeah, and I agree. I, I, I don't think I, I, maybe a couple of years ago when Wardlow was e- even newer to the national audience, um, rather than putting him as the bodyguard for MJF, you, you, you know, maybe you, whatever and it gives credibility or gives uh you know some kind of like mentorship whatever from Arn anderson but i don't think warlow needs at this point he's so organically over they're trying to recapture the lightning in a bottle they had with him this time last year that then was just partly cooled down by mjf's walking out and partially cooled down because of just aw booking um yeah he doesn't need Arn, and then this was weird I don't understand. Obviously, the whole stuff with Christian Luchasaurus and Bloodied Arn was a pre-tape, but it was all really timed not poorly. Because, like, I mean, Arn and, and Brock are out there fighting in the aisleway with 2.0. There wasn't much more of the match. Maybe 90 seconds, right, of the match. Yeah. Maybe two minutes at very most of the match goes on until we hit the finish, and then all of a sudden... Arn was you know, and like I, at first I thought okay they they caught Arn right as he went through the curtain and they bloodied him, but then Wardo runs immediately makes a and like and like and we just see Christian Luchasaurus is standing there like obviously oh it's not near the entry I don't know it, it just it kind of came off weird it was, a, it was a really weird again maybe a formatting thing of like it was a good idea on paper but we didn't space it out I don't know it it just it came off weird I yeah. And the interference of 2.0 feels like it had nothing to do with it. Like, yeah. and then bro, I don't know. It felt this is one of those moments where I feel like they over overcooked it a little bit. Um, and with with Arn, I think there's a place for Arn. I just think Wardlow is a young, cool person, and you don't want to put an old guy with a young, cool person. I mean, I think if you put Arn theoretically with like an FTR type person or like a throwback kind of wrestler, that makes sense, but. No one right. wants to see the old guy with the young, cool guy. Like, young, cool people want to see young, cool people together. Not like, let's bring in grandpa to hang out, you know? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, I agree. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a right combination and a wrong combination. You're right. FTR, FTR gets so many comparisons to, to an old school 80s tag team or, or a comparison to, you know, a Tully and Arn. And so, yeah, that, that's one that makes sense. Or, you know, but it, like, it's also about character, right? Arn Anderson. I mean, yes, Arn was the enforcer of the Four Horsemen. And so, yes. Wardlow would be an enforcer type, but it still just doesn't, you know, like Jake the Snake with Lance Archer. That kind of had a, a, a synergy to it. That kind of yeah. worked, right? Um, it's kind of a shame that we really don't get them consistently anywhere on TV anymore. But, um, but like, yeah, that worked. But yeah, Arn and Wardlow, it it feels very force fed. Yeah, um, especially when so- Arn has a kid there. <laughs> It's like well, why? Right. He, why is he putting all this time towards anybody else? Wouldn't he want? Wouldn't he? <laughs> wouldn't he want his own flesh and blood to go to the pay window, Daddy? You know? Brock's like, can I, Dad? Can you help me? Sorry, kid, I'm busy. <laughs> like, it's like, Dad's pimping himself out to much, <laughs> much sexier clients than you. Oh man. Well, um, hopefully we see Wardlow just get wins more often. I feel like every time he comes out, I think, yeah, they should do this more, and then we don't see him for a few weeks, but I digress. Uh, Tanahashi comes out and challenges MJF and MJF says, no, thanks, <laughs> but apparently it is happening, uh, which was a little confusing because MJF literally said no. And then later they put the thing up that says, this is happening. 
sort of weird, but I guess it was still entertaining in the moment. I guess it's to <laughs> be consistent with, you know, what did MJF say on that press conference a few weeks ago? He, he thinks that he, New Japan just a, another indie. Fa- he doesn't. Yeah. So I guess it's consistent with he's like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to wrestle in Forbidden Door. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great because he knows that that's going to work up so many people on Twitter who get so mad about it. Uh, and I love it every time he makes those, takes those shots at New Japan just because it's I know I don't rub so many people the wrong way. But that should be a fun, a fun matchup. Uh, we also get another, I guess matchups for uh forbidden door uh zach saber jr wants to challenge orange cassidy at forbidden door but daniel garcia wants a shot at shibata so they're going to do a tag match next week uh daniel garcia and zach saber jr versus orange cassidy and shibata i love the idea that we're going to get a tag team just so we can see these guys in action so people who go who is shibata will see shibata and people who say who is zach saber jr will see zach saber jr um yeah, they'll be good matches. I don't, I don't know how much to take away from this. Yeah, the, this goes in again to execution of, of the segment, of the backstage segment. Again, it goes back to who they're writing this stuff for. They didn't say, I mean, it, it took until they got back to the commentary and blah, blah, blah to say Zack Sabre Jr. But it's like this guy comes in who's not, you know, who's not not normally on. And then, and then here comes Daniel Garcia. He even says, dude, you don't even work here. So it's like, again, if you're watching this is a confusing segment. Mm-hmm. You know, at least have the guy come in and have him throw a graphic real quick on the screen with his name or have Renee. Oh my God, it's Zach or something like do. But it, you let this entire thing go on and this little chatter going on backstage and nobody. And, and, and it's possible. There's people that don't know who this guy is. I, so it's, it's again, this is when you're just, you're, you're, you're putting TV together and you're in a bubble and you're not at all thinking about anybody. The majority of the people who are outside of your bubble. I why well, actually I really agree with that because they I don't think they ever acknowledged Zach Saber Jr.'s name in that segment. <clears throat> and then the segment, no. Eventually, when they got back in, eventually when they got out of this backstage and they're back in the arena, eventually commentary said like, "Oh my God, we're gonna have," and they said Zach Saber Jr.'s name. But even that, if you're again a casual or whatever viewer, you don't. Which one was Zach Saber? <laughs> like, right. Which one was him? Right. Well, that's a that's a good point. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those. I'm sure the match will be great, but yeah, probably could have been a smoother way of going about it. It's um, also the result too of you have Forbidden Door, what a week from Sunday, and yet you still need to promote the debut of Collision this Saturday, next week's Dynamite, the Collision after that, and then we're at. It, it, it's also just a, the, the result of you have a too much to promote so it's like you're kind of like cramming all this stuff in tonight so you can have a forbidden door card so you can sell more tickets and sell actually i think it's pretty much sold out so good for them but so you could sell <laughs> yeah. uh you know the, the, the pay-per-view buys but that, that's a problem you're cramming a lot of stuff in so this is what happens what i think that's where when we talk about the people who are on uh regularly or if you have some kind of idea of what's happening you don't really need to promote like for wwe when they and not to make this a WWE versus AEW thing, but like at the end of SmackDown, when you see Jimmy Uso accidentally super kick Jay Uso and then Jay walks away upset, they don't need to say next week on SmackDown we will see what happens next. You just you know we're gonna see what happens next. I mean they will promote it because it's a big story, but right. 
you don't have to. I know that we're going to see, I can tell you right now in SmackDown, I know we're going to see the next bit of that story. Right. Uh, because and that's the way it always happens. No, you know, you're exactly right. And again, I, like, I know what you mean. You're not, it's not trying to like, because it's not like WWE does everything perfect or right, but it's just a little bit of logic of like, with Dynamite, I never know what's going to be the main event. And I, I know to yeah. some people that's an intriguing thing. You know, some people, I, I get it. They might get bored, I guess, with the bloodline always being the final segment of SmackDown. To me, I think it's just it's such a rich story that it's like, how can you get bored with it? But, right. But with Dynamite, damn bug flat runner. Uh, with Dynamite, <laughs> it's like, you never know what's going to be. And it's kind of like, uh, what does that say? <laughs> Is, does right. that say you're trying to give equal footing to everything? Does that say that you're kind of uh, a dog chasing cars and your attention's being diverted nonstop? I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's... Um, in any case, we, we do continue on sky blue versus Tony storm for the AEW women's championship. Uh, sky's mom gets sprayed in the face with a spray paint. Uh, the outcasts try to use it against sky blue, but she spray paints Tony, uh, sky almost gets the win, but there's a distraction from Ruby and Tony gets to Cloverleaf for the win post-match beat down by Willow, uh, or Willow stops the post-match beat down. Um, Justin <laughs> is Willow an actual contender or is she, just another challenger, if that makes sense. Because it feels like she's kind of the person they <clears throat> use to add in defenses. I, I think she's another challenger, but I, I but I won't discredit. She got a pop. Her music hit. Yeah. And, and again, there are a lot of people in AEW whose music hits, and it's not necessarily distinct enough that I don't know who it is off the immediate beat. I need to see, like, you know, certain certain guys, absolutely. You know, yeah. as soon as MJFs, Darby, there's certain guys you hear, you know exactly. But there's others that it's like, who the hell is this? Show me the screen so I can see. Uh, I think she's just another challenger, but she is getting a pop. So good for her. And, and let's see what happens. I have positive to say about this match, but I'm going to start with the one negative because it's or the one not even negative. It's just, it was kind of goofy to me. <laughs> yeah. But I have a lot of positive behind it. So don't fans right. of Sky Blue and Tony Storm. Don't 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 hit the stop button just yet. <laughs> uh, Sky Blue comes out. She gives a hug to her mom. Who's front row. Cool. Right. Uh, so it's cool. We established her mom's there. That's good. Um, <laughs> they go in and they spray paint or whatever, and then they cut to sky blue. Now that spot is a pretty personal spot. That spot is supposed to elicit. You're supposed to hawk up. You're supposed to rage. It's just got personal. What does sky blue do when they do this to her poor mom? <laughs> she looks at it and she goes and feeds herself into the ropes to the opposite way. So she can set up herself doing a suicide dive to which she comes out. And she makes minimal contact <laughs> to to them on the outside. I'm like, no, no, no. If we're gonna go the whole spray paint mama in this and in, in the face, that's when you pop up. You go out those ropes and you go out and you start pulling hair. Right. And you, like, well, right. I just thought, like, what a pro wrestling response. Mom's getting spray painted. Let me go set up for a suicide dive. That said. Uh, I actually thought uh, they, they they when they came down the line uh, towards the fi- final sequence on the false finishes, they actually had me believing that maybe Sky's going to pull it off. That maybe maybe they're not keeping it all on Tony. Excuse me for whatever reason or whatever. Like I, I they had me believing for a quick second, um, and I like Sky Blue. I like there's something. To... She comes out. She's got a look. She's got a feel to her. There's something I'm intrigued about. So. Overall, I got a lot of positive for this match, but that one really just cracked me up on that the whole that spray paint mom in the face. That's such a good point because that is totally a pro wrestling response in that situation. I think sometimes as fans, 
we lose that, but that's why people like a Daniel Bryan, for instance, or Brian Danielson, for instance, is so good because I think if he was in that same situation, look, I'm comparing her to one of the, the best in the world right now. So I, I know it's a little unfair, but I think to your point, he would be that way. He would roll out there and you'd start seeing him throwing fists. Or I, I think of that moment, Becky Lynch against Chelsea Green, where she was throwing her so hard into the guardrail. Chelsea Green was flying off of it. Like that's the kind of offense you want to see right in that moment. I mean, you're you're a professional wrestler, so you are in the business of winning matches and beating people. That's the persona you have. That is the profession you have. When I was in the third grade, I was four foot four inches, a skinny blonde hair runt. But a kid who was a bully who I had a problem with any which way made fun of my mom to my face. My mom was gonna be one of the chaperones for the for the for the field trip. And he made fun of her appearance and her weight and, and referenced her to a certain animal. And I leaped on this guy like I was Simba attacking Scar. <laughs> finding out that Scar just killed my dad. Like, your mom just got, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you running 18 feet <laughs> to those ropes to run 18 feet back this way <laughs> to dive through the damn rope? Like, come on. If you're going right. to use a personal mama spot, Hulk it up. Get out there and kick some ass. Yeah, it did kind of seem like it, like her mom was being more of a distraction for her than being assaulted at ringside. Right? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I thought the nitpick was going to be, I thought it was a little weird how Tony went for the pin at the very end, uh, Sky Blue kicked out, and then she just put her in the cloverleaf. I was thinking she should have just put her in the cloverleaf in that situation, but mm. that, that was my little nitpick. But, Fair. Um, uh, in, in the end, I agree. I think that Sky Blue is has got a good future ahead of her as well. I think she's her and Willow are people who are I, I always say they're lovable. You just you kind of want them to win. You're, yeah. you're kind of cheer for them for whatever reason. There's something about them, whether it's the charisma or whatever. You're just like I'm rooting for them. Not so lovable. Did you see Sky Blue's interview? Uh, I forget who did it. So I, I apologize. I'm not giving credit, but I, I tweeted about it. Uh, apologies to whoever. Sorry, I like to source things, but yeah. she did an interview and I quoted it on uh, Twitter. She talked about how. She once lit a kid on fire in church who said something that made her mad. And she talks. It's funny that her mom was actually ringside. She talks about her mom and how her mom tells that story to people about how batshit crazy that she was at a certain age. She lit a kid on fire. He, it was, he was like an altar boy wearing one of the white flammable cloth things. And he, she lit him on fire. And I was like. I don't know why, but I'm kind of intrigued by Sky Blue right now. Right. Sky Blue needs to start, I mean, follow Randy Orton's footsteps and start lighting people on fire in the ring. Uh, but that, geez, that's a crazy story. Yeah, right. Um, and, she had, and she had pink hair at the time, not blue. <laughs> she was Sky Pink at the time. Um, we got, just, just to touch on it, we got a couple promos for Collision between Bullet Club and FTR, as well as a CM Punk uh promo i don't know if this really added anything or added any more to the show felt kind of straightforward but at the same time did kind of remind us that hey cm punk's back and made it feel a little bit more real any are you more excited for collision this week or beyond what you were uh well real quick uh thank you chris yes it was my old pal artist city it was, it was hey ew so thank you arch oh. thank you chris for for clarifying that it was that's what it was um sky blue yeah, in the story. No, well, here's the thing with Punk. We actually skipped over earlier. It was actually it was just before the Sammy Guevara and Ring promo earlier. They showed that Punk video of him talking and saying he might grab a mic. He has things to get off his chest. I thought that was a bold move because 
prior to that, they were just announcing that Punk's going to be in this six-man tag match, right? Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this on Busted Open last week. And they asked me what I thought about it. And I said, you know what? It's actually an okay move because you're telling the people what they're going to get. They're going to get Punk in the ring, in action, in wrestling tights, and a six-man tag. Maybe nothing more, but nothing less than that. And I said, that's good because we've all fantasy booked in our minds what could or should happen with Punk given all the drama and controversy surrounding his last nine months that if they just said Punk's going to be on collision and kept it that open-ended, we all start to fantasy book. Oh, my God. He's going to go out there. He's going to MF the elite. He's going to MF Tony. He's going to do all this. Like, you start whatever, and then when that doesn't happen, you're disappointed. And you're only disappointed because in your mind you got revved up. So I thought them just saying he's going to be in a match. Here's what the match is. Whatever. First time ever. Or not first time ever, but the first time in, like, 20 years he's been in the same ring as Samoa Joe. All this stuff. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's what you're tuning in for. They took it a step further. Tonight, they tell you that Punk is going to grab a mic, and he, he's famous for pipe bomb promos. He's going to cut a mic, and he has things to get off his chest. So now they have, they're now at a point past no return. They have now told you, tune in. Not only are you going to get Punk in a match, he's going to get microphone promo time on a live show in his hometown where he's going to have, of course, the audience on his side, at least for this week. He might right. be split. He might be split crowd or heel beyond that but at least for that week he's gonna have a chicago crowd behind him so they are at least now setting the bar higher of you're gonna get a punk pipe bomb promo or so you're led to believe and it's live tv so anything could happen you know i every time his name has been mentioned and i think that's a good point because now it does add that extra bit of interest knowing he's gonna be on the microphone uh, every town they've been in it seems like every time he comes up you get a mixed reaction but i got a feeling CM Punk, he's one of these guys. He's going to get on a microphone. He's going to say some things, and he's going to turn everyone to his side. He's going to make everyone love him again. He's he's just really good on a microphone. He's really good at that kind of thing. And I think that he's going to say whatever it is he's going to say, and all this, you know, that 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 split response he's getting is just going to turn into a CM Punk chant because wrestling fans are fickle, as someone once said. And um, also, I just think he's so good on the microphone. I think he's going to turn everyone around. I think he'll be just fine. For this week, he will be in Chicago, but we'll see beyond that. We will see. Well, we got Blackpool Combat Club versus the Hung Bucks to end the show. And um, Hung Bucks get a gutsy win uh, to settle the score after double or nothing. Uh, First, John Moxley led Blackpool Combat Club loss uh, in over a year. And then, of course... They attack the Hung Bucks after the match, and all hell breaks loose. Justin Lavar, I know a lot of people don't like this kind of stuff. I see you shake your head. I love that all when when it's a locker room clearing end of the show. That's right in my wheelhouse. So I was I was loving it. Look, I don't mind some. I don't mind some Gaga. All right. <laughs> I'm good with the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm good with the Lady Gaga. <laughs> but there comes a point, especially when that Gaga is in the name of people showing up who are not part. It's not even a locker room empty. Will Ospreay is not part of that locker room. All right? Like, it, 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 it beca- again, it comes back to it's this. I saw Will Ospreay hit the ring, and I watched, I watched a girl in the front row turn to whoever she was with and go, who, like, you know, like, it, earlier 
Our super chat. Happy that Eddie Kingston's back. Who remembers that? Other than her, who remembers that Eddie Kingston came out? Eddie, because you know, the caster comes out and, and Osprey comes out, and then all they tell you Osprey's gonna be on a rampage this Friday. And then and then Tony Schiavone goes, "Oh, holy smokes! It's just it's it's information overload. It's who is this person? Give me a scorecard. Who is that? Who's that? Who's married? Who? Who's cheating? Who? It's uh, I. There's just I mean I don't know. I mean again, it it's just it, it's just just too much. Too much. I, I totally get what you're saying. I, I still I'm I'm like that guy that goes to the bad action movie and people are like, how come everyone just stands there and waits to fight the hero all like in a row instead of fighting them all together? I'm like, I don't care. It's really fun. I like watching them do this. I I totally agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, who else is gonna come out? This is great. It's exciting. I, oh, I, oh, you know who else came out who we haven't even said once? Kenny Omega. <laughs> But we can't keep track of that because all we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Google. It's, 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 that's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, 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 it's just too much. Too much. I, I love how you've used Gaga and Gugu to get in three different musical artists so far. Are we going to get another one in there? Can't, can we get another Gugu Gaga talk for, talk for a little bit longer. I'll try to think of one. <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, I, let me know in the chat what you guys thought about the ending. Again, I, I feel from a story perspective, uh, I agree from a booking perspective, whatever, but just from a, it was a, I call it a sugar ending where it tasted, there was no, no uh, nutritional value in it, but it tasted good. <laughs> it's going to rot my teeth, but I liked it. <laughs> it was good. Well, you know, look, if, if, if you want every ending to dynamite to be you chugging some Mountain Dew, that's your prerogative. <laughs> but I personally think that it's a bit, you know, it's just, just so much. Let so me much. Let me have my, let me have my Mountain Dew. <laughs> all, are... the wi- all the while, fickle, all the while, Brian Danielson's on commentary and he's selling things and, and Takesta's out there, and Don Callis shows up, and I mean, good <laughs> lord, come on! Well, I think uh, I think you're winning here in the chat. We got uh, Rocky saying information overload. Uh, uh, Ricky says AEW's got to stop doing this in the main event. Scott says overbooked. Ricky says trash. Jeroy says the schmoz was fun. Corey says the ending sucked. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you this. If you're there live, there's that. There's an energy that builds. This person comes out. This person. Comes out. I, I and I get that. That's the idea. And I, and I and I do give some. There that can be fun, but I have a. I, I think that's not the ending to do. Eleven days out or whatever it is from again from a show called Forbidden Door, where half of the participants are people that are not part of your locker room. So you're building, 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 like. If they built, 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 if, if Eddie comes back, Eddie's been a regular on Dynamite at one point or another, mm-hmm. and Omega, and Takeshita, of course, he turned us back on. You do all this, and then, like, your final comeback is, like, Miro, or Punk, or somebody, or, or Andrade El Idolo, who's going to have a match Saturday. Like, if it's somebody who you're then going to turn around and you're selling for the Saturday, but I just, the fact that they made the, the final destination, the final destination of this, this schmaz for forbidden door i am like i just don't think that's the place i don't know it, 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 it again it just comes off as confusing it does not come off the way that i think tony thinks it is glorious in his wrestling fandom um and there are some people out there 
who are the exact audience who are going to watch Forbidden Door. They've already bought their ticket for it in Toronto or they're already going to stream it and whatever. And this was great for them and good for them. I'm not trying to rain and, 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 and piss in your Cheerios, but I'm telling you that in terms of broad appeal, broad appeal, Tony, because you have this whole the Warner Brothers Discovery, is, is, they, they're giving you more TV time, so you must have broad appeal, right? It doesn't do any favors. I will say, so I stand by, I thought this was a really fun ending, but I will say I do agree with the point of when Takeshita came out, I thought to myself, he's really being pushed as a big time bad guy here, as someone to really hate. And then when Omega came back, I thought, wow, now I really want to see Takeshita versus Omega. When Osprey came out, it kind of made me forget about Takeshita. Exactly. Uh, and that's the problem. It's too, uh, Jimmy would. If Jimmy were here, he'd say 20 pounds of potatoes and 10 back. But it's that. It, it's, you're shoving way too much. And 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 it's just, it's, it's just too much. You, you just, you don't, it's a discredit. You're wasting. Eddie coming back could have been one thing that you could have hang, hung your hat on. Takesha, like, it, there's, these are things you can hang your hat on and get more life out of. And, and it translates in, it's, it's this same lack of, sell job that translates into some of the matches where it's you're throwing things out there that should be able to you should be able to get more mileage out of them more seconds of of emotional energy but you don't because we move on to the next thing so fast it's a waste it, right it, it, it's, a, it's a it's a dismissal and, and again i know it's it's a buffet some people don't think this way they just want fast 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 they want a video game simulation fight i get that but i've think it's been proven that is a narrow box of people and if and that box is going to tune in no matter what you need to widen the box to allow more people to come in i will say um and again i hate comparing to wwe because i think people think i'm saying one is better than the other but the the bloodline story i think is hard to argue that it's not the hottest thing in wrestling in a very long time and to your point i think that if this was the w if this was like a bloodline story it would have been kingston would have come out and maybe maybe fought off the Blackpool combat club, but then protected John Moxley. And we would have gone off the air in a whose side is Eddie Kingston on. And that would have yeah. been kind of the hook of what, what yeah. what's he doing here? Where is he going? And then we'd be wondering next week, we'll find out what's going on with Eddie Kingston, as opposed to the big end. But again, I still liked it. I still liked it. <laughs> still the moment I was still like, yeah. And again, Eat your Cheerios. I'm not going <laughs> to, but it, it just, there's a fun game. How would Tony Khan have booked the bloodline? There's a, there, there's a, there's a, there's a fun game to play. Yeah. That, that would be, it would be interesting to see them if, if they, if everyone switched sides, uh, how different it would be. But I think I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure Roman Reigns would have, uh, or Paul Heyman would have. <laughs> their comments to Tony Khan somewhere along the way would have probably detoured everything anyways, but we, uh, we wrap it up here. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining us in the chat. Scott clay, uh, the Sousa Sousa. I feel like I say your name every time wrong. Uh, the Sousa, but, uh, uh, Arturo or Ar Ar Arthur, uh, King Kia, Jeroy J Aaron Mick, uh, Ricky's out of our and everybody else. Lego brick collector. Appreciate you guys being here. Let me know uh, what you guys thought of the show in the live chat or, of course, in the comments below. But, Justin, final thoughts on this week's episode and where can the world find you online? 
Well, this was fun, you and I. This was a fun Wednesday yeah, night. Fun, like fun, fun group. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah, I mean, look, actually, overall, and I know we're ending kind of on me on a, on a critical note, but actually, overall, I thought this Dynamite, from from a whole standpoint, was actually pretty good. The first hour was really good. I thought, as I said, I gushed over the Adam Cole MJF match. I, you know, the CM Punk video package was intriguing. The Sammy promo that trans, you know, and things out there with Jericho. You know, the first uh, 45, 50 minutes, very compelling and, 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 and sky blue. So I thought this was actually a really pretty good show. Um, I, there were signs to me of like AEW doing some different things behind the scenes in terms of how they prepared the show to an extent that I was that I was encouraged by. Um, certainly, you know, hopefully they can pull it off on Collision, and you only get one chance to make a first impression. So we'll 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 watch that closely. But um, yeah, overall, it was it was a pretty good show. I, I you know, oftentimes as we end up critiquing, I often armchair book in hindsight 2020 and go there are things that they did in that show that are really good that i thought that would have been better to be the ending yeah like i i know again i know you're trying to make a big deal that will osprey shows up and always gonna be on a rampage and he's gonna be a forbidden door if you would have if you would have waited until 9 25 and had mjf and adam cole took take the ring I, I would have had no problem with that because that's like this is the match to get the number to get you a title match and then that finish of time's up give me five more minutes tony khan tell tnt we need five or tell tbs we need five more minutes and mjf just slinking like i think that would have been a bigger ending and a more successful ending right than the goo goo gaga that we got tonight but so but all in all overall uh pretty good a lot of things to talk about at justin labar across the socials monday nights wednesday nights here on wrestling inc friday mornings uh, with uh, David Greco and Thunder Rosa normally on uh, Busted Open on Sirius XM Radio. Yep, and uh, I I do like your comments about the title or the Adam Cole MJF at the end because then again I, I love cliffhangers. The you could go off the air with what do, does does that mean Adam Cole gets a title shot? We'll have to find out next week, and then you go, oh, I gotta tune in next week. Um, but uh, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me out. I'll be on Wrestling Inc. tomorrow with Raj uh, at our usual spot, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, on Sunday, I'm doing commentary for Prestige Wrestling, which you can check out on IWTV streaming live. Uh, or if you're here in California, you can go to the Globe Theater in Los Angeles. It should be a fun show. We'd love to see you guys there. Uh, but that's where you can find me. That does it for us. And Thanks so much for tuning in. Like, comment, share, subscribe. You know the drill. We appreciate you. See you next time.